0: Good Tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings radio broadcast. I am Dr. David Pinkerton, your radio pastor and Bible teacher for the next little bit of time. And here we are on WXAN radio out of Ava, Illinois. It is Saturday, the 17th day of February in the year of our Lord Jesus, 2024. And we're thankful today that you're tuned in. As like always, we want you to pray for Brother Danny and WXAN Radio. We want you to support them prayerfully, faithfully, and financially. And we're glad that you've listened and taken time out of your day to share with us on the Good Tidings Radio broadcast. It seems like uh, winter's flying by. And I'm okay with that, but I hope that you're keeping your eyes on the Lord, focused on Jesus Christ and bringing Him glory and honor and serving Him in some form or fashion as His will is dictated for you. Now, today, like always, we want you to get your Bible open. We're going to go to several passages of Scripture and talk to you here in a few minutes, do a little Bible preaching and teaching. Um, along the line of the theme of an upcoming holiday, which we'll recognize on this coming Monday. It's a federal holiday, and most states recognize it as well, if not all now, and that is President's Day. So we're going to be teaching along that line today. And we're glad that you're with us. We want you to know we're praying for you. And we are honored that you are praying for us and ask that you continue to pray for the Pinkerton family. David, Durenda, and Brett are doing well. And uh, we're grateful that uh, we can report that to you today. It's all because of your prayers and uh, your kindness and just the fact that we're sharing this time together for the Lord Jesus. And our intention behind the Good Tidings radio broadcast, like always, is to evangelize the lost It is to encourage, exhort the brethren, strengthen the brethren, and so much the more. And as you listen to WXAN Radio, you all know that it's some of the best Christian music on this side of heaven. So thank you for tuning in to WXAN Today, 103.9 FM on your FM dial in the region or WXANradio.com. And when the page pulls up, click on the Listen Live button. So we hope that you'll share that with a friend. All right, today I want to promote my dear friend again down at Tanny's Grill and Chill. Folks, if you haven't been there yet, please go. Go down to Golconda, Illinois, right across from the courthouse, the Pope County Courthouse. You're going to find Tanny's Grill and Chill. It is some of the best food. It's absolutely just a wonderful place to take time to go in to relax in a warm environment and just Find really good portion sizes of food, just good old simple food, cafe, good wholesome down-home kind of food and cooking. And uh, the, the prices are very fair and it's just a warm place. I know Tanny will greet you with a smile, her staff will as well. But you can find Tanny's Grill and Chill right across from the Pope County Courthouse in Golconda. That's on 319 East Main Street in Golconda. She's open on Monday mornings from 10:30 to 7 p.m. She is closed on Tuesdays. Wednesday, she's open from 10 30 in the morning to 7 p.m. Thursday, she's open from 10 30 in the morning until 7 p.m. Fridays, she's open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And Saturday, she's open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Sundays from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Now, for the for, um, this particular through the month of February, I want to remind you, she's got a little incentive going. If you come down and you pay, pay for your meal with cash, okay, if you pay for your meal with cash through the month of February, you get 10% off of your ticket. So remember that if you pay for cash through the month of February for your meal, you'll get 10% off. So go check it out. It'll be worth the drive. It'll do you good to go down and see scenic Pope County and uh, Tanny's Grill and Chill. All right, I do want you to open your Bibles this morning to an Old Testament book. It's an Old Testament book called Micah, Micah chapter number three, Micah chapter number three, and we're going to speak along the line today of the uh, of the President's Day, President's Day. So President's Day's coming up on us here before long, and actually it's going to be Monday, and do most of you know what President's Day is? I think the name has changed over the years, but let me share with you what President's Day is. President's Day is an official holiday. It used to be called Washington's Birthday. It's at the federal government level. It's a holiday in the United States, celebrating, uh, usually celebrated on the third Monday of February. It's often celebrated to honor all those who served as Presidents of the United States, and since 1879, has been the federal holiday honoring founding father, George Washington, who led the Continental Army to victory in the American Revolutionary War. Uh, He also presided over the Constitutional Convention of 1787 and was also George Washington, the first United States president. So, it's an official holiday recognized by most states in the Union as well. So, with President's Day in mind, I want us to be thinking along the line of America. And we have a pending presidential election this year in November, okay? And it's very vitally important that Christian people be informed and prayerfully in tune to what God's will is for this country and that you vote in this presidential election. It's very important. All elections are important, obviously. This one is a very important, I believe America is at a crisis road when it comes to the president of the United States. So we're going to look along that line today. In Micah chapter number three, Micah's been telling the nation of Israel They've sinned against God, okay? And Micah, the prophet, is concerned about something. He wants his nation in Micah chapter number three to know that the God they serve is not only a God of love, mercy, and grace, but he's also a God of judgment. And though God would rather bless than demonst- and to demonstrate his love and continue to extend his grace and mercy, there does come a time where he does pronounce judgment. So folks, eventually God will give a nation or an individual, what they're demanding. It happened in Noah's time. It happened with Sodom and Gomorrah. And it even happens to God's people today, the nation of Israel. God's going to judge them as well. But what about America? Folks, what about America? Micah speaks by the Holy Spirit of God, and he points a bony finger at three distinct groups of people with America's problems today. Now, let me give you an overview real quick, okay? And that is this. God wants to do His will in our lives, our homes, our churches, and the government. But all too often we have disobeyed the Lord. And as a result, the moral fiber of America is rotting away. Our priceless freedom is in grave jeopardy. Atheism is penetrating every area of our natural life. America is faced with the greatest crisis in its history today. We're in danger of losing our nation. By default and our individual freedoms as well. Possibly, if this happens, our opportunity, saints, to fulfill the Great Commission throughout the United States and the world, it might be lost. Hundreds of millions will never have the opportunity to trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior if that happens. The British statesman Edmund Burke said, and I quote, all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. End of quote. America is one of the last strongholds of freedom on earth, and Christian citizens who are dedicated to God are the only resource for the preservation of our freedoms. Let me say that again. Christian citizens who are dedicated to God are the only resource for the preservation of our freedoms in America. Make sure you get that. As Christians, a small percentage of us can be used by God to set the nation on a course of righteousness and revival don't you want that for america we love our country we love the fact that this is the greatest country on the face of the earth but as christians we're citizens of another country and that's heaven but right now we live in america the greatest country but we have to be the instruments that god uses to preserve freedom god wants us to come back to him so this morning god is going we got to be reminded god will either bless or curse This nation, America, according to the course that Christians take in politics. Get that close. According to the course of what Christians take in politics. I want to give you a Christian checklist, if you would. Mark Twain understood the importance of a Christian's responsibility as a citizen. And Mark Twain said this, and I quote A Christian's duty is to God. It then follows as a matter of course that it is his or her duty to carry their Christian code of morals to the polls and vote them. If Christians should vote their duty to God at the polls, they would carry every election and do it with ease. It would bring about moral revolution that would be incalculably beneficial. It would save the country, end of quote. Now Mark Twain said that, not a Christian himself, but he knew the influence of godly people, Christian people, in politics, voting, and voting their beliefs, their values, and their morals. So I want to ask you some questions this morning. Here's a little checklist, okay? When we think about the pending President's Day celebration Monday, it gets us thinking about the upcoming presidential election in November. Think about this. Question one, do I faithfully pray for spiritual revival to sweep America? Do you do that? We should. We should pray for revival. Number two, am I registered to vote? And do I encourage other Christians to register also? Number three, am I making a serious effort to be informed about the candidates and the issues? Number four, am I actively involved in helping to select and elect godly candidates to office? Number five, do I vote in every election for the best candidates, regardless of party affiliation? We Christians must learn to practice our citizenship for the glory of God. You see folks, God's plan for a nation's, God has a plan for a nation's leadership, and that number one plan is to protect His people. Psalm 125 and verse number three tells us that it is God's plan, for a leader to be elected to protect the people. Psalm 125 and verse three, for the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous, lest the righteous put forth their hands into iniquity. God wants, God will use the leader to protect Christians. And folks, we have a man in the White House right now that is using his departments of justice as his predecessor did to go after Christians Christian organizations and Christian people and those. He's weaponized the Department of Justice, Joe Biden has. Folks, God wants you and I to be involved in electing our good candidate. And we may not have the best to choose from, but we still have a responsibility to God to vote and to pray and to be part of God's plan to bring revival to the United States of America. God's plan is to have leaders who know him and who've been born again, and who will rule according to his will. Listen to 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 3. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me, He that ruleth over men must be just ruling in the fear of God. John Jay, the first chief justice of the United States Supreme Court, was one of the three men most responsible for drafting the Constitution. And in 1816, he said, and I quote, Providence has given to our people the choice of their rulers, and it's the duty as well as the privilege with interest of our Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. So voting for and supporting moral candidates who support moral public policies is the minimum required of Christian citizens in a spectrum of self-government, end of quote. Christian lawyer, Michael Whitehead said, and I quote, if America is to be saved, saved Americans must lead the way, end of quote. So I want to give you some duties of the Christian citizen, okay? I want to give you some duties of the Christian citizen, and I want you to continue with us here this morning and look and see what's going on. God's got a plan for this country, folks. He really does. And he wants us to be part of that plan. He uses people. We all know that. And at the end of this sermon today, we're going to have a prayer for the nation. I may use this prayer almost every week or in several upcoming weeks for the elections that are going on in primaries in March, as well as the general election in November for president in light of President's Day. We need to look at some things. So what does God say about politicians? What's he say about officials? We've seen it's our responsibility to pray. But I want to look at what God wants us to think of. In the book of Micah, chapter number three in the Old Testament, God is holding three, three groups of people accountable for the direction of a nation. Now let's take a look at them real quick, okay? Quickly. In Micah, chapter three and verse 12, the Bible talks about the nation being plowed as a field. That's a metaphor for judgment. No nation was as pure in its inception, folks, as the nation of Israel by God himself in Genesis chapter 12, when he birthed Israel. And yet when Israel went corrupt and the vast majority of the people were ignorant or indifferent concerning the corruption, for this reason the prophets of judgment came along, like Micah, calling the people to repentance and making the people aware that the God who would rather bless them will blast if his hand is forced. Understand that. I'm optimistic about our nation's possibilities and future. I really am. But I think I should be realistic as well. And part of loving America is wanting to save it from corruption. And the most people who are seemingly ignorant of, or at least indifferent to, number one, here's a group of people that God holds accountable for America's uh, moral decay. Number one, corrupt politicians, corrupt politicians. In Micah chapter three, verses one through three. And I said, here, I pray you, O heads of Jacob, And ye princes of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know judgment, who hate the good and love the evil, who pluck off the skin from off off them and their flesh from off their bones, who also eat the flesh of my people and flay their skin from off them? And they break their bones and chop them in pieces, as for the pot and as flesh within the cauldron. Ladies and gentlemen, God's got six requirements that he puts for president's. And for government leaders, God has six requirements. Number one, and I want you to think about this with Joe Biden in office. He is literally the most corrupt president this country has ever seen. His son's computer laptop, the Burisma corruption is all coming to the surface. There's going to be congressional and more in congressional inquiries. Uh, He's keeping, uh, uh, he's got all kinds of corruption going on and time won't allow me to actually read it off right now. And for the sake of the sermon, I don't want to deviate too far, but we need to vote in this upcoming presidential election. All of us do. There are six requirements that God recommends for government leaders. Number one, righteousness. Proverbs 29.2, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. America's mourning today with ungodly inflation, immoral decay all kinds of corruption, men thinking they're women, women thinking they're men, all this gender ideology and this woke culture and all this stuff that is evil and is anti-biblical and it's sinful, it's Satan, satanistic at its core. It's not God's plan. God wants politicians to be righteous. Proverbs sixteen twelve: It is an abomination to kings, we would call presidents, to commit wickedness, for the throne is established by righteousness. Why is it that today we look for personality when we vote for a president, or we look for skill, or we look for credentials? Why don't we look to morality? Joe Biden is the most corrupt president this country has ever seen, and you should be involved in voting him out and praying him out. Evidence is being shown on a daily basis almost. So God holds a standard for presidents. That's righteousness, number one. The second one is wisdom. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and find out knowledge of witty inventions. For me kings reign, and princes decree justice. By me princes rule, and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 12 through 16. The third standard God has for presidents. In light of President's Day coming up Monday, we're looking at what does God require of presidents, people who run for office and want to hold the presidential office. Number three, the third standard is absolute honesty. I don't know if we get that, but it's still God's standard. I doubt that we get that with either one of the candidates. But excellent speech becometh not a fool, much less do lying lips in a prince. Proverbs 17 and verse seven. Folks, leaders and liars are not the same thing. Joe Biden is a liar. Most politicians are liars. I get that. But God wants a standard and between who you have to pick for who's honest. He wants absolute honesty. Number four, separation from bad influences. Take away the dross from the silver, and there shall come forth a vessel for the finer. Take away the wicked from before the king, and his throne shall be established in righteousness." Proverbs 25, verses 4 and 5. A leader must focus on what is right, not just public opinion or lobbying pressures they get. Number five, personal purity. Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. Proverbs 3:13. If a man will not honor his marriage vows, what's he going to do with those pitily little vows he takes of the public trust? Think about that. Number six, the sixth standard of God, that God has for presidents, number six, protection of the weak and defenseless. Open thy mouth for the dumb and the cause of all such are as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth, judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Proverbs thirty-one verses eight and nine. Find the presidential candidate that is pro-life. Find the presidential candidate that's pro-choice. Joe Biden is pro-choice. Let them say what they want to say. Watch their deeds, folks. Watch their works. Their work speaks volumes. We need a leader who is to speak for those who cannot speak, and unborn children cannot speak for themselves or defend themselves. And we need a leader who will help defend those who cannot defend themselves. A biblical leader should stand tall on behalf of all people, especially the unborn. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's God's requirement for presidential leaders. Now, with the time we got remaining, he also is going to hold accountable another group of people. And this one hits home compromising preachers. I'm a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God saved me June 18, 1990. He called me to preach June 16, June 1992. And I've been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ ever since. But today we need preachers who will preach the word of God uncompromisingly with spirit-filled boldness and who will tell the truth in love but promote and project and preach what God has given us. And that's the Bible without fear, favor, or compromise. Compromising preachers are hurting America. Thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that make my people err, that bite with their teeth and cry, Peace, and he that putteth not into their words, they even prepare war against him. Micah chapter 3 and verse 5. Preachers should be preaching peace, but they also should be preaching of coming judgment if repentance doesn't take place. God will judge America if we, as God's people, don't confess our sins. 2 Chronicles 7, 14, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, our wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. We must preach the truth at all times, no matter what the cost. It is vital that we preachers practice what we preach and live the life of godliness. It's imperative that we do. And We're not perfect. Jesus is. We need to point people to Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary and shed his blood in our place as a sacrificial lamb vicariously. He took all of our sins in his own body on the tree. God took every sin you've ever committed and put them on Jesus, punished him in your place. Jesus shed his blood in your place. Jesus died, he was buried in the tomb and resurrected the third day. And your only hope of salvation is coming to Christ by faith and trusting him and him alone as your personal savior. All men are sinners, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. And we must stand before God one day. We are going to have to stand with our sins forgiven. God always, always pays a debt for there's always a debt paid because of sin. And we owe a sin debt before God. Jesus paid that sin debt. And if you will believe on him and trust him by faith as savior, God will save you. Would you like to call upon Christ to save you now? Follow me in this simple prayer, recognizing you're a sinner, admitting that, believing you have no hope of heaven, but also believing, as the Bible said, that God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Would you like to be saved? Follow Christ in this prayer. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone to take me to heaven. Amen. And ladies and gentlemen, when you do that, call on Christ, you are born again, John chapter three. Now, here's what I want to do because of time. Time is escaping me. It's very important that we do something. I want to offer a prayer for our country, okay? I want to offer a prayer for America, and I want you to be part of this. It's important, okay? So let's offer a prayer for America together, and let's ask God to do what only he can do, okay? Okay? Here we go. Let's pray together for revival in America and pray that you will vote for, get informed on a candidate you're voting for, and pray about the upcoming presidential election in light of President's Day Monday. That's a reminder we should pray for the direction of God for the leader of this country. Let's pray for America together. Heavenly Father, we recognize today that America needs to hear and obey your word, the Bible. We pray for a shift in our thinking and in our beliefs as a people that will help our country come in line with Scripture. And may we enjoy the blessings that come with walking in the law of the Lord, keeping your testimonies, and seeking you with our whole heart. We pray for our country, asking that you will be glorified by the choices that are made by our leaders, and that you will be honored by the way we live before you. We pray that you will soften the hearts of Americans to be sensitive to the provocation of the Holy Spirit so that our citizens will be led to personal encounter with Jesus Christ and be born again. We pray that you will embolden your church to proclaim the gospel and to speak the truth in love so that the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ will not be hid. We thank you for your grace and protection. We pray for those who serve in our government. Father, please help our legislators to make th- tough decisions regarding our economy national security border protection moral and civil issues that come before them help them to be careful to carefully approach new any new legislation with sound discernment and consideration for the impact of such laws on our national character guide and influence our judges from the supreme court all the way down to local magistrates that their rulings will reflect your perfect will Protect our military servicemen and women from dangers, from our enemies. Protect our law enforcement officers here at home. Thank you for their sacrifices every day. We pray that your people will minister grace to them and their families. And we pray today for our president and his administration as they grapple with domestic and foreign issues. Keep them and those who advise them from pursuing the deadly path that seems right unto man. Rather, direct them according to your perfect will. And, Father, if they will not listen to you, then remove them according to your word. Father, we remember that true wisdom is a gift from you that comes from a right understanding of your power and person. May America seek to have revival and right standing before you. Lord, let the words we speak be honoring to you, and may we never speak your name in vain. We need your wisdom and help in all areas of our domestic and foreign affairs. Teach us to humble ourselves before you and seek you with our whole heart. Heal us spiritually and bless America and send revival. We pray in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Now, folks, we're going to pray every week now for the United States of America, and I hope you'll join us. This is the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast, and I am your radio pastor and Bible teacher, Dr. David Pinkerton. In light of President's Day, be praying about the upcoming elections and who you're going to vote for and then vote. God bless you. Hand out a gospel track this week. Tell someone about the love of Jesus. Pray for someone. Invite them to church. Do a good deed in the name of Jesus and bring Christ's glory and honor is God's desire for us. We're thankful you listened in. God bless you. Welcome, and thanks again for tuning in to the Good Tidings Radio ba- Broadcast. I bring you good tithing. tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. The is finally here. Emmanuel. God is with us. Oh, There's yes. no reason to fear. For.